Okay, good evening, everybody. Uh, we are coming to you on Thursday, the 25th of February. Uh, I think tonight, unfortunately, it's just going to be me and Nick, because unfortunately Bruce has had a bit of a family mishap. His eldest lad, Ben, has been out playing football this afternoon, and they're currently in York, accident emergency, uh, waiting to get uh, get sorted. So unfortunately, Bruce might join us at some point, but I think he said there's still quite a long queue. So uh, unfortunately, it, you'll just have to have uh, the two brothers. Um, I'm hoping to try and catch up with Bruce. We might do a little mini um, edit and put a little bit on the end because uh, obviously Bruce has done quite a, this trip a, a, a huge amount of time. So we'll try and do that as well as we go through. So uh, as we said, 25th of February. So this is the week when we've heard about the route map on uh, Monday. Wasn't pretty good news, Nick, really, was it? We we expected it. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Let's let's so, hope this is it. Steady, steady back into it and let's hope it it, it does the job, um, and it's the and last sense that they're being very, or oh, certainly the prime minister is being very, very cautious at the moment, isn't he? I think he's had his hands burnt. Um, yeah. so it sounds like the 12th of April, possibly when pubs may be able to open their beer gardens, beer or, gardens. Uh, outside. But I've listened again a couple of pubs on the radio today saying, you know, that up a lot of people just doesn't stack up, um, you know, in terms of making enough money. So, and, and on the weather, of course, will be if it's like last. Uh, spring it might be great but yeah. um, we, you know where would you uh, and then possibly i think may isn't it is the next kind of uh, may the 17th yeah. uh yeah i mean the, the, the british beer and pub association they sort of forecast that um three and five pubs won't reopen in april um it's, it's basically not worth it all the extra stuff they have to take on to look after people sitting beer gardens and the unpredictability of the weather as well i think it, it's down to you know the pubs that are employing staff certainly the bigger pubs whilst there's still a fellow scheme going on, then it's actually more cost-effective to actually yeah. stay closed. Does it and of course, it? we don't hear about that until next week with the mini budget or whatever yeah. Mr. Soon that's going to give us. Um, so we are, so we're hoping actually the two of us, we might slot through because very conscious that last week the pod hit nearly two hours. So we, again, that is too long. And I know one or two people have said to us, it was, had to listen to it in bits. So we are determined tonight to try and keep an eye on the clock and try and keep it fairly short. Although we have got, as always, lots of pubs to talk to. Um, I have been gradually catching up on the pub list. So if you do go on to our website, Podbean Malt Travail, um, again, I'll perhaps uh, tweet that out later on. Um, we have I have now started putting on there um, the pubs that we mentioned. Um, I've managed to do the last couple of episodes. I started last night on episodes one, two, three. In episode two, we talked about 27 pubs. So it does take quite a long time to kind of put all that together and uh, I'm not going to put too much in there, and I, I'm, hopefully you can find them as well. So the plan this evening is to tackle the Trans-Pennine Real Ale Trail. So we kind of talked a little bit about this in the first few episodes. Um, it's a little bit of one of those kind of epic ones, although I did notice, having you know, had a little, little look around the websites and things, there are literally hundreds of rail trails now, which is, I think it's great, because as we said, uh, it's a great way to travel, it's a great way to get around and obviously not drink and drive. And thankfully, you know, um, in the good old days of the uh, uh, whatever it was called, rail, rail army, or whenever, whenever we built all these railways, they were built with refreshment rooms and pubs very close because that was part of the trade. So that's really good as well. So now, Nick, tonight I'm drinking Norwegian beer tonight, which came oh, in with right. packs. So I'm actually okay. tonight having a, um, an Edmondson Brewery, would you? Well, that's not surprising, is it? Edmondson Brewery. And I'm drinking mm. a Everyday Hero, which is quite a nice New World IPA. So it's, I've not had a Norwegian beer for a long time, so it's 
Earl, Earl Ogmore Earl, I yeah. seem to remember when we used to go to Norway as uh, young people. Uh, I mean, in those days, there was very little beer over there. In fact, there weren't any pubs, other. No, well, you're right. Very expensive if it was. And then I'm going right. to move on to a little more, um, which is a, uh, a Bristol brewery, which I mentioned before, and that's just one of their uh, pale bitters as well. What are you on tonight, Nick? Right. Okay. So you'll have guessed by now. Keeping it Yorkshire again. I was very pleased to receive my uh, delivery from Great Newsome. In fact, it arrived this morning. Uh, ordered at the weekend. So the first one is their um, signature beer. They describe it as a classic bitter. That is. Frotheringham's Best. And um, it's called Frotheringham's Best because the actual brewery is in South Frothingham, but historically the village was always known as Frothingham. Uh, yeah, Frothingham, uh, after the main uh, family that lived in the village. So they thought beer and a word like Frothingham would be the best uh, best name for their beer. Now, this, this actually won the World Beer Awards. Hang on, let me get this right. Uh, the, the world's best pale bitter up to 4.5% in 2020. So not a mean feat for a brewery that's up on the walls, although I should, should correct myself. Last week I suggested that both the World Top and uh, Great Newsome were on the walls. Somebody corrected me and said, actually, they're not quite on the walls. They're actually on the Holderness Plain. Holderness Plain is the flat bit that connects the walls to the sea out right. at Spurn Point there. Uh, it's all in East Yorkshire, and indeed, when you look at the branding that Great Newsom use, you can see that they've still got rolling hills yeah. on their uh, on their paperwork and their literature anyway. So they think they must be on the walls. But yeah, if we're being technically correct, geography teachers out there, um, they're not quite on the walls. They're on the Holderness Plain. So that's my first one. And then the second one, I've got a Half Moon Brewery. This was actually a freebie. Um, my uh, line of work, we're looking at taking some, maybe some new brew, brew, beer on. And so um, this is a little brewery based out uh, uh, outskirts of York at uh, uh, Ellerton. Um, all his beers are bottle conditioned. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what that's like. Um, but uh, we had Tony, Tony over the owner of the brewery over. He came over and had a look round, and I think he's keen to work with us. Uh, we've got a few more to try as of yet, but uh, yeah, I'll give that one a go once again. It's their traditional bitter. Uh, it's called Old Forge, that one. And that one's a 3.8%. Uh, 3 so uh, that's what I'm on this evening. Very good. Very good. So um, we, if you remember what we've been doing in episodes uh, four, five, six, we've been looking at some of our past pilgrimage. So we kind of started off by looking west of York. Uh, last week, we focused more on the east side of Yorkshire and, and looked at Hull. And then, again, we did mention last week we might split. And having started to do the research... Uh, last weekend, and we did feel that Trends Pennine, which is at least eight pubs and eight stops, and probably as, as we're going to see, probably more than that. And Leeds was a little bit of a step too far. So again, we're going to break, and we'll do a three point five next week. Oh, sorry, part three point three three B or three point two, uh, and we're going to focus mainly on Leeds next week because I think again, just I think we got to the point. Nick, we, was it 20, 20 odd breweries now that are brewing out of Leeds and. Uh, and pubs are just coming out of every corner. I mean, they're fantastic. Some, as we've said before, pubs that are hundreds of years old and pubs that are months old. So you've got yeah. the best of it all worlds, really, haven't you? And, a and some brew pubs as well. And you know, you've got and, yeah. independent breweries, but you've also got pubs that are brewing the beer. And this is why sometimes it's, it's difficult to keep track of them yeah. because they come and go and then decide they want to expand or get bigger. 
they can't uh, can't fit the brewery into the space where they've got. So then they move into a separate uh, separate units or separate uh, buildings. So, so that's next yeah. week. Again, if anybody are Leeds beer aficionados, uh, I did tweet out earlier on when you can get us on uh, malt underscore ale. Um, if you've got any other recommendations of Leeds, uh, again, I didn't know there were loads of tra- Leeds trails now that you can follow. Um, and I think, Nick, you came up with a quite a nice one from one where I'll first post-lockdown, maybe do a south of the river um, little tour around the kind of bottom south end. South of the river or railway, yeah. Obviously, you've got the very the infamous Otley Road run, which is almost as famous as the Trans-Bennine, um, certainly for students, so everybody's been yeah, to Leeds. Yeah, avoid um, the students, yeah. So that's next week. So just to, again, always, we're going to do a quick roundup this week because we tend to spend far too long talking about beer news and highlights. Uh, we did quite well for nearly two hours last week um, and really wasn't a, a, a mistake or anything, but we did. we talked about the polar bear um, in in Hull, um, I know Nick and Bruce. I, I don't think I've been there, but you and you and Bruce have both been there. Uh, we, we tried and, to get there. I said we we we, we hiked out the town, uh, followed the the, the River Hull, um, yeah. and then got to it. And unfortunately, it was closed, as in closed down at that point. Uh, subsequently, we knew that it reopened again, but we've still not. So again, it it's one there. of those pubs with a very iconic and very historic uh, interior, hasn't it? And it, I think it's it's listed as a heritage pub. Yeah, so one, again, of, one of only fourteen ceramic bars in the country. Um, a little bit of good news in that just did a bit more digging into the local press in Hull and um, apparently just before, well, back end of last year, there was a buyout or a community interest company was set up um, and I think they'd raised um, certainly the initial money. Um, I think they were, there's still a bit more money they have to raise, but, but hopefully, fingers crossed, um, there is um, a group involved now in trying to make it a community interest buyout. Um, apparently it's been it's been quite a bit of a, a music venue in that part of Hull for a while, um, and again the hope is that they'll reopen the pub but also have um, space for music. And again, and hopefully fingers crossed, you know that's the summer we're hearing uh, that may be back on track. So again, if we hear about that, we'll let you know. As we said, it's a little bit out of Hull, but it's probably worth a visit if you're certainly that that side of the, of the city uh, worth going on as well. And I just give a give a, a bit of a shout out to uh, again a little some guys who've been in touch with this week uh, the Tom Pudding Micro Pub, uh, which is in Goole. Uh, unfortunately, we couldn't fit Goole in last week. Um, it's just that little bit further kind of uh, west from Hull. Although actually, the guys themselves said Goole's not that great. And again, for those that are on the watching this on YouTube, uh, that's the quote direct from them. So I'm I'm not taking think of it. Um, the right maybe many... not maybe not great for real ale, but. Yeah. I'm sure it's great. The last time I went through Gully, in fact, I was I was interested to discover that uh, they were building parts of the Mulberry Harbour then during the World War II. Um, yeah. I saw um, there's a memorial on one of the bridges there. I was on my way to uh, RSBB Reserve, actually, uh, south of the Humber. So yeah. I passed through there and, as I say, found out that uh, they were building the Mulberry Harbour. So Gould uh, as a port was a very, very famous port. All right, it was always in the shadow of Hull. Uh, but I'm sure there are good parts in, in Gould as well. So, yeah, um, what the guys Again, there are, it says there are a few decent pubs out in the villages. We mentioned some of the old mill pubs and, and certainly Snake, um, where the old mill brewery is. And again, great little, you know, they've got some great little information on their website. And in fact, there's a great little rail ale journey that they've got there yep. that kind of goes Doncaster to Scarborough. Um, actually, um, c- covers quite a few of the pubs we talked about last week as well. So well yeah. worth having a look at uh, their, uh, their, their, map, their website and have a look at the shop. So it's tompudding.google.co.uk. Uh, and we have promised that when we do pass that way, we will we'll be calling in and saying hi to guys as well. And do you know what the Tom Pudding is? The Tom Puddings were the boats, weren't they? That they, used they were, to yeah. Always transporting. Little and were heaped deep. up, little square, yeah. 
like a on the barges. Yeah. yeah. Connection to the docks again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So again, just a reminder, obviously we do this as a podcast. We're also doing a kind of Zoom live version, which we put on YouTube. Um, again, you know, you can you can listen to it either way on Apple, on Google, uh, etc. Uh, again, perhaps if you did want to, if you get a bit more time, perhaps on the weekend, want to have a look on the on the uh, YouTube channel. Uh, again, we look for Malt Travail, uh, and we've got pictures and things that we get and we kind of talk through as well. And you can see our lovely faces. Uh, just a couple of bit of beer news, and on it, you've got a couple as well. Uh, ties in quite well what we talked about last week. Uh, I think I can't remember where this came from. Now, one of the beer news. Uh, Black Sheep is going into bottle. So we talked about the Thixton breweries and obviously Black Sheep. And I didn't know this, but apparently in the 30 years uh, history of Black Sheep, they'd never put Black Sheep, the bitter, uh, into a bottle. Uh, so I'm sure I've had Black Sheep in a bottle, but it's a great marketing uh, uh, campaign, if not. Um, and again, they say, well, no, again, as we said. Yeah, the thing is, a lot of the breweries have to change whatever they serve on the bar, they have to change to put into a bottle. I know this, we, we found this out when we went to Thornbridge Brewery and also uh, I found this out when I was speaking to the guys behind York Brewery. I think I mentioned before that Guzzler uh, was one of our favourite beers and they said, well, the Guzzler that goes into bottle is a different ABV yeah. and you'll often find the same. I know Fuller's Landlord is, Fuller's Landlord used to be something like 4.7 in the bottle, but on the bar it was only something like 4.3, 4.5. So they do brew the beer slightly different, whether they're yeah. going in the bottle yeah. or going in the, going in the uh, cask uh, or the keg. Um, so maybe that's something to do with it, but yeah, I, I was surprised when uh, when they've stated that it's uh, it's the first time it's been yeah, in a bottle for thirty years. So maybe worth looking out for that and having a taste of it and see how you feel. I presume it'll be in supermarkets and things. And I think most of their beers do get in Morrison's, certainly don't they? Which and Sainsbury's. So I think yeah. I'll look out for that if it's come down our way. And then the other bit of news, this which came from the Daily Mail, which I only read because it's free on my uh, iPad, uh, is that Stella Artois are reducing their ABV. Which again tied in a little bit. We talked about oh, that, no. didn't we? A week or so ago about oh, no. reducing. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, don't worry, it's only going down from four point eight to four point six. Um, and again, the other interesting thing about the article is that again they remind us that actually Stella Artois is made by Budweiser these days or Anna Chabouche, which is we've we've had a, a long going discussion about that. Nick, did you have any? You had a couple of points. Well, I, I, I'm I'm just wondering whether you should be mentioning Stella on uh, on a beer pod. To be honest with you, it's all beer. You know, every man has their what, and every woman has their. Yeah, what, what they call choice. it, wife, be, wife you know, Yeah, but well, you know, to be honest, if I go in a bar or maybe a, you know, a bar that doesn't serve beer and it's summer, I don't mind actually a pint of nice cold Stella in one of those chalices. Uh, I, I, I like it. tend to migrate towards the Italian beers, the Morietti or the... Those that uh, are brewed in Burton and Tadros. Well, that's yeah. it. Yeah, once again, they are <laughs> as good as they used to be. Um yeah. Anyway, come on, we're coming. We're taking the time. All week, right. So, so news. quick news about Brewdog. Uh, it seems that they're forging ahead. They have identified 42 places or sites where they are looking to expand to all around the world. Places including, let me read off the list, Belfast, Paris, Vegas, Bath, Mumbai, Sydney, Berlin, Taking Milan, world. Chester, Durham and Hyderabad. Um, so, yeah, they're looking to, to move on. Also, I believe there was a, a question raised in uh, Prime Minister's Questions this week by Charles Watling, suggesting that now we are out of Europe, why should we still be uh, governed by beer duty? And that uh, breweries and pubs should have a fairer crack at the whip compared to supermarket beers. Mm. Um, and the response from Boris was that they are already looking closely into it and working on it. 
So that should be good news, certainly for independent breweries and for the pubs, when at the moment they can't compare, compete against when their supermarkets are knocking out. And certainly uh, uh, some of the newspapers are reporting that that's potentially what, he'll, what the Chancellor will maybe say next week, that he'll reduce beer duty for pubs and breweries below that below that supermarkets. So mm. again, that'll be interesting to see if that comes out. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. going to be better for the pubs anyway. Yeah. Is that it? Anything else? That's it. No, that'll do. Excellent. Like you say, let's crack on. Quick one from me then. Uh, I did say that I'd give a big shout out to the Hot Fuzz Brewery. 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 God, I've not had much drink already. Um, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I'm doing another, I'm really looking forward to actually, a tasting tomorrow night. Um, and my box arrived yesterday um, with the beers, etc. in it. And not only beers, but bits of malt and hops and all kinds of wonderful things. Um, you might be lucky, certainly if you live that's that way in Kent, to get a box uh, I think they've gone very, very well. So again, I mentioned I've done a couple of these, uh, and it's it's it it is a bit like going to the pub because let's be honest, we, we can't go anywhere near a pub at the moment. Um, so if I, you know what, I, I had to, um, I, I really missed it. I think it was last night. I had to take run the wife up because her car needs a new tire, and my brother-in-law was going to take it into his garage. And I just said to her, normally, you know, we we normally nip out like that. We normally call in one of our local pubs and just have a quick, a couple of cheeky beers in the week i said you know i could just really go and gra- grab a couple of drinks now and of course it was very dark and very no you have the cheeky beers and then your wife has to drive back well she manages a gin and then she can drive back so hot fuzz brewery are down in uh Hythe in kent um they've been around for a few years i think 2011 um again that kind of story as nick was saying um i think they started off with a fairly small homebrew kit and have expanded and and i do i think they've got an all they've had or they've just about finished a brand new brew house um, which is kind of taking them into the 21st century, which is fantastic. Um, really big, uh, like many of these new new guys are, on zero waste. So doing lots of work on recycling um, all the kind of the spent hops and uh, uh, wort and everything, and that's been used for animal feed or for fertilising. And they even say that they uh, they print their pump clips on recycled wood. So, you know, great. It's really fantastic. I think tomorrow we are tasting uh, Fallout, which got a very interesting label. I think they're on the those that are then watching the screen, which is a light fruity IPA, uh, Bullion, which they call their Wild Child beer. Uh, that's a bit stronger at five percent of the pale, and an American pale ale as well, which is called American. So, looking forward to that. Uh, and I also did say that when again I've mentioned this a couple of times, uh, I'm doing. Um, the uh, the virtual beer school with beer with Nat uh, beer with Nat again has, Nat has Natalia has her own podcast great listen and and often turns up on many many other beer podcasts I've said to her that I don't know why she finds time to do anything else um, but again she will be doing a new course she mentioned probably in April uh, it's a twelve week session um, unfortunately I missed out on getting on the live session so I'm just doing the recorded sessions uh you get so much information about beer tasting and about beer styles so you know i really would recommend if you do if you're interested in beer or you want to get a bit more interested in beer it's really worth having a go at um i'm doing the one that's 10 pound a month which i think is fantastic value for what i get what what natalia sends me uh, i get a recording of the sessions i think go out on a thursday night um, and, and again, readings and lots of other little clips that uh, Nat has done as well. So again, I'll just say I would, did say I'd give him a little plug. So let's just put into context then the Trans Pennine uh, Trail, which moves from Lancashire to Yorkshire, which again is an, an interesting journey. Um, you start, you I could start move the other way. 
Oh, you actually start in Great Manchester, don't you? You probably actually well, pass through about four districts now because you've got Great Manchester, you've got Yorkshire, uh, Leeds is a metropolitan city, isn't it? So, uh, and this is often referred to as the heavy woolen area. Um, and obviously the camera or the main camera group that, that follow the line are the, the heavy woolen group. And this, you know, cotton was Manchester and the kind of the, the northwest towns. And for the towns in West Yorkshire, the wool trade was very much um, their, their kind of background. Uh, it was know, a wool and also the mills, the water. Yeah, I mean, proximity of the wool, the coal, yeah. the water. Um, yeah. And again, it's a great line. I think Nick mentioned last week because it follows the river, the canal. You're in that natural kind of transport network, aren't you? At the bottom of, of the uh, of the, the kind of the the, the uh, Calder Valley as you go along there. So fantastic. And that got me thinking. Really, we've talked about it a few times, but um, again, mild. And we've talked about mild, haven't we? And you know, it, this definitely was kind of the drink of the working classes and, and the industrial classes. It was that slightly weaker beer. Where again, you know, at the end of the working day, you, you had to replenish your, uh, you know, your, uh, your, your your hydration levels. Um, Slake your thirst. Yeah, yeah. you know, water fountains and water butts probably didn't exist in most of these mills. It must have been quite a tough, you know, a tough long day, and therefore mild was very much. You know, our own uh, grandfather. Uh, we worked in the steel mills in, in South Yorkshire, very similar, you know, tales of drinking eight, nine pints on the way home, just to put back in what you'd sweated out during the day. But it had to be that lighter two, two, eight, three percent beer. Um, and that, again, is why mild is a very, very pot, certainly was a very popular drink and still is a little bit. Um, but again, you know, as we said, it's under threat. Obviously, there's a whole style of other beers now, table beers, um, you know, light, light pails that many brewers are doing. Uh, we've mentioned quite a lot Sam Smiths, and they still do a dark and a light mild. And again, I think Nick, we've often done that and, and gone in there and not had a mild for a while and get a half of each. And the dark is quite dark and nutty, isn't it? The light is, yep. like, I guess, like a pale ale these days. 2.8%, yep. they're both the same, uh, and both ridiculously cheap, or it certainly used to be uh, in Sam Smiths. So, and, and the camera do have a mild May, don't they? They, they do try and promote and have, well, have they, a mild trail. Mild really went through a metamorphosis in that it, it was always tra traditionally weak. And then some of the brewers picked up on it maybe, what, 10 years ago. And it started getting uh, stronger. You know, ABVs, the milds that I can think of, uh, Rudgate, which is a York brewery, uh, they did their Rudgate mild, which they won. I think they won the camera beer of the year with it. Uh, but that was a four and a half percent. So that was a strong mild. The other one I can think of is Copper Dragon's Black Gold. Uh, that was a stronger one. And then about four years ago, a couple of breweries picked up on this thing that people wanted a lower ABV drink, uh, either because of drink driving or because of health. And therefore, mild became sort of popular again. And then the strength came down again. So it's gone from being weak to strong and those that have continued to brew it have gone to be fairly weak again. Um, yeah. I think I think one of the, the one that's gone all the way through, obviously, Sam's have always had a mild or two yeah. miles. The other mild I can remember is Banks' mild. And yeah. I think they still make that. And that yeah. was that's been made for 20, 30 years. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it is it's one of those that you know you you, you theoretically think it's going to be a little bit sweeter, a little bit darker, but it's not as heavy as a as a porter or as a mm. as a brown ale. So if yeah. I see a mild on, I will often have one, and yeah. even to have it with a meal as well. Yeah, because especially yeah, if the ABV is lighter yeah. um, and it's not got as much of a distinctive fruity, fl fl fruity taste to it, like an IPA or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Then it, it sometimes suits 
having it with a meal or even with mm. the dessert, you know, have it with your dessert there. And uh, those slightly dark roastness of it, um, you know, it, it complements uh, the sweet food that you're having. It is quite a broad range, isn't it? And again, you know, we go back to episode two. You know, my Moon Underwater pub was the Bolt Makers in Keithley. And it was drinking a pint of Timothy Taylor's Golden Best. Well, again, Golden Best is a mild beer. Um, Class that was a light mild, did yeah. 3.3% and a golden mm. mild. So, again, this, you know, there's quite a range in it. So, so yeah, we just thought we'd pick on that. And I'm sure quite a few of the pubs um, that we'll talk about tonight will probably normally have a mild on. And I've got a feeling that's a bit of a spring beer for me. We mentioned you probably only drink it in December or January because you want something dark and brooding. But you know what? Now the daffodils are pushing up and the lights are getting light. Actually, a mile would be quite like a pint of mile now. So the trans Pennine, um, I think we just said we might just try and get through it like some of the myths, because um, there's lots of stories about the trans Pennine. And the one that you probably come across in most of the kind of websites and things is that uh, it was made famous by um, Oz Clark and and what's his name? James. Of, James May. James, James May. May of the thing. And actually, they, they, I remember Oz, it wasn't always James May. I think he changed, didn't he? And had quite a few partners. Um, and they had this thing where they drank around Britain and they, they looked at whiskies, they looked at wines. And in this one, or certainly in this episode, um, they, they look at beer particularly. And so Oz and James do a, or, or drive around the country, visiting breweries. Um, they brew their own beer at one point. Uh, they go into a couple of different pubs. Uh, it's actually worth digging out. It's episode one uh, of that series, if you get a chance to find it on YouTube. Um, and they then, uh, the, the rest, they say, is history. Um, and I, actually, I watched it again the other, the other day. They actually only go to three of the eight pubs, which they talk about. Um, and again, we'll, and they went to the Staley Bridge. They went to the West Riding. Um, and they went to the King's Head as well. And they only did, did uh, three beers um, but actually, did look quite merry by the time they got up at Manchester. Which is well, they made it, that's producers and directors for you. Having worked yeah. uh, on the outskirts of television, you know, no matter how much effort you put in, it's amazing how much they'll chop off and Got say out, it's yeah. not, it's not yeah. worth it. So they could very well have visited all eight pubs, but by the time it got to the director or the producer or whoever, the editing uh, clerk, he, uh, yeah. that's probably where they lost it all. I think it, Oz, Oz was responsible for. Um, giving Thornbridge uh, the big plug, because he, he announced that uh, their Jaipur was his favourite beer. Yeah. I seem to remember a long well, time ago. it's interesting, on, on that, on, actually, on that, um, on that programme, uh, they start off in the West Riding, and James May challenged him to do a blind tasting, um, and the barmaid, I thought he slips up, because she shouts, do you want this Jaipur? Is that what you want me to serve him? Uh, right. uh, anyway, then he, then he said, oh, no, no, we'll, we'll do it again. So they mixed it up again, and that's him, I mean, you can. I could, I could, I think I could probably pick Jaipur out of three beers. In those days, stunning, definitely, yeah, stunning drink. yeah. It, it was, it was just so unique flavor, so many yeah. IPA flavor. Um, so that was two thousand. Sorry, that was two thousand and nine. Um, but I think again, doing a bit more delving into this, it's thought that the trail was first mentioned uh, in the Independent, uh, when a guy called Steve O'Loughlin actually wrote a um, an article about taking this trip um, using the, the railway and visiting the pubs. And I did a bit of digging myself as I'm back in my loft now. And I keep mentioning the 1986 pub guide, which is the first one I ever, sorry, the good beer guide, sorry, the first one I ever bought. And having looked at that, which I have got to hand, I had to hand somewhere, put it down somewhere. Um, I've got 
the Staley Bridge Buffet Bar and then ticked off a few times with some dates uh, and one or two of the other pubs. The West Riding wasn't, I don't think it was, it was just a refreshment room then. It wasn't a pub uh, mm. in those days. And yeah. I also came across in, in another one of my pub, pub beer guides, again, for those on YouTube, a Northern Railways advertising leaflet that, was, that is dated 2007, which is talking about exploring the real ale trail on the Huddersfield to Manchester Victoria Railway. Um, it says 2008 there, but I think lower down it says 2007. So that obviously predates the, the television programme by at least a year or so, which I guess is right, because that's why the television programme was doing it. So yeah. that's a little bit of the background. There's loads of websites. It's, it's actually got its own website if you look for Transparent Real Ale. Uh, the most websites and the camera books recommend, I'll talk about eight stops, Stanley Bridge, Greenfield, Marsden, Slathith. I'm going to pop with that one. Slathwaite, um, Batley, Dewsbury, Millfield, and Huddersfield. As we mentioned, we tend to extend that to Leeds. And I think, I think me and Nick were saying, the best thing about this real L trail is you do what you want to do. If you want to do those eight pubs that most people do, that's great, and you'll enjoy it. Um, you might, as we've always said, you may find that one pub is absolutely rammed. And, and so why not investigate a little bit further away? Uh, that's certainly what we've we've done, and therefore some of the pubs that we're going to talk about tonight are the ones that we found that we, you know, what let's not go to um, the the uh, the the Riverhead at uh, Marsden. Let's look for another pub in Marsden, um, and I think that's probably one of the pluses that in all of these villages and towns along that route, they have to put up with a fair degree of lots of you know beery people arriving off the trains but actually i guess it means that a lot of those pubs and clubs have managed to stay alive um it's been great for us because often a lot of them are doing cast beer when they probably wouldn't have done cast beer and are now moving into you know uh, craft beer and, and, and keg lines as well so i think there are some pluses but equally you know i, I guess the other side of that is as, we, as we've already mentioned um you do get lots of people um I've got some pictures I've just put from the local papers here. Uh, people peeing in people's oh. gardens, people dressing up. There's a, there's a group of doctors there in scrubs, but I think that's a fairly tame one. Um, there is now quite a lot of security, police, transport police, um, certainly on weekends in the summer. Um, and therefore what they've tried to do is they come up kind of with what they call the Ten Commandments. And I think the pubs and the kind of have got together a little bit with, with local camera branches and just try to say, let's be sensible. So there are, there are, if you look for them, the 10 real ale commandments, so the real ale trail commandments, um, you, you, um, you mingle with local residents outside the Riverhead tap, you shall drink real ale, not fizzy lager, a vodka, rum or coke. Thou shalt shall wear jeans and a t-shirt and not a false bust, a blonde wig or fishnet stockings. Thou shalt not consider someone's garden wall a suitable place for a, for a wee. Thou shalt go to Prague, Amsterdam, Newcastle for thou stag do, not Marsden. Thou shalt commit that you will not commit trespass on the railway or you'll get arrested or killed. Uh, you will honour the long-suffering and very tolerant residents of all the towns along the line. You shall not leave beer glasses on people's windows. You shall not swear nor scream abuse on the train. You will not jump in any river or a canal. You shall take your rubbish home. And if you can, try Timothy Taylor's Magic Rock, Mallinson's, Lee's Brewery, etc., which I think we'd probably stick with that, Nick, don't you think? Yeah, I just, you know, I hope they're not going to be victims of a short-lived success in terms of a lot of these pubs, as you say, it's probably helped to keep them going. But, you know, these fads that come and go, these routes, these trails and things like that, 
you know, your people who are going on these trails for the right reasons, like we were 20 odd years ago. Yeah. I just hope that, you know, the environment, the atmosphere is, is so not what you're expecting that you don't bother doing it again. Yeah. Um, I, know, I know I read about the, you know, Sailor Bridge, the original Buffet, but unfortunately, I think there on a the weekend, they serve beer now in plastic glasses because, again, the challenge they've got. And I think on quite a few of these now, you can't drink outside, certainly on the station. So yeah. I think that's changed, you know, slightly the field, doesn't it? And I think you know, you, you know, you know, I like my beers in the correct glasses. <laughs> yeah, not not a plastic. There's, there's no yeah. way I want to be drinking out on them plastic wobbly neck pints. No, you know, I when think you, as, yeah, as we've said, that some of that will be do with timing. Unfortunately, if you have to use weekends to do this, then it's likely to be very busy. Uh, it's probably quieter, you know, in a normal year this time of the year than it is in the summer months. Um, obviously, you get the bit more of the light, and it's obviously warmer. Um, we've I we've certainly done it in on midweek, and it's never as busy on a midweek. But then, as we said before, the challenge then is not all the pubs are not always going to be open midweek. Certainly mm. in the winter months. So I think it's it's kind of pros and cons, really, isn't it? And I say I've just put a couple of examples up. There's a the Real Ale Trail website's got a suggested itinerary. A Yorkshire Live, if you go on their website, there's a there's a there's a suggested itinerary there. They're all fairly similar. Obviously, the train stops at certain points and you can work it through. Um, just a little bit of probably about the train. Um, again, just to kind of, if you like, wisdom that we've had. There are actually two train network, oh, sorry, two train franchises that run on that line. You've got the Northern franchise and you've got the Trans Pennine. Trans Pennine Express, sorry, as I should say. And obviously, the Express bit gives it away. So some of those trains don't stop at all of the stations. Some of those trains just go straight from Manchester. Um, I think probably straight to Huddersfield one the Nick, uh, Dewsbury and then yeah. Leeds, and don't stop yeah. at, for example, Marsden. Um, no, your, your Northern Rail tended to be your more uh, your local services. Yeah. The problem we've got now is obviously the government. Uh, I believe Bruce will be better talking about this, but the government took the franchise from Northern Rail last year because what we always tended to find as well that Transpennine were more expensive yeah. than Northern Rail because yeah the trains were nicer. Uh, and because they were, you know, that express service, yeah. whereas Northern Rail did far better deals. I mean, they used to do a duo ticket whereby one pays full price and then the other gets half price. You don't need a rail ticket. I mean, you don't need a rail card or anything like that. Yeah. You just buy the two tickets together. So there was a lot better deals with Northern. But I say whether that will continue now that they're, yeah. they're not running themselves directly and it's, it's being ruled by the government again, it, it'll be interesting to see. So it's, it is worth doing a little bit of homework. Uh, the Pennine trains tend to go Manchester Leeds, and therefore, as I mentioned, don't stop as many stations. The Northern train tends to go Manchester Huddersfield, so will stop. Um, again, in terms of tickets, again, it's a bit confusing, really. Technically, you are allowed to break your journey if you've got a standard return or single. So if you've just bought a normal, you know, whatever return from Manchester to Huddersfield, you are allowed to get off at stations and then get back on the train because you're paying for the journey. However, if you've bought an advanced ticket, you're not allowed, you're technically not allowed to keep getting off the train and getting back on again because obviously you've booked that cheaper, that rate as well. Um, there is something called a day ranger, which they do for the whole of that area of Yorkshire and Lancashire. And that is unlimited travel for a day. That's £25.20, which isn't bad, actually, because I don't know what a return from Manchester Leeds is these days, but it will be far. Is that, is that for both services that you can use? That that's, on that's for any service, any permitted service. Trans Pennine yeah. and Northern. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a no, South Pennine's day ranger, it's actually it's called. Right. So that might be worth looking at. Because, again, I think sometimes that you can also use it on buses, can't you, sometimes as well, if, certainly within the franchises. So I think just, just do a little bit of homework. 
Um, and don't just jump on the first train at Manchester Victoria that's heading towards, say, Huddersfield, because it might go flying past uh, Marston mm. and you might not be able to get off. So I think it's just worth doing a little bit. If, of, it, uh, if it looks like a nice modern sort of high-speed train, then, yeah, it probably won't stop. If it looks yeah. like a bus on wheels, <laughs> yeah. then... Uh, yeah, I have more chance of it stopping. Well, it's the bosom wheels probably want to way to pee, so we've we've had that discussion before. Well, those, well, those are the paces. Unfortunately, the paces. I think they've been uh, they've been made yeah. obsolete now, aren't they? But, now, uh, as always, we like to max these visits. So we've said, I think we we've always. Well, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I've always thought. I've always done it uh, west to east. I've always seemed to have done it going from Manchester end, going the other way, or meeting you guys and going back that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, just we'll let you into a little secret here. Not, I'm amazed how people people don't know this, but if you do want a quick crafty, crafty drink in Manchester before you get on the train, um, about five minutes from Victoria, in the Arndale Market, so the big Arndale Centre, which is famous from, obviously, the IRA bombings, etc., and you can't miss it in Manchester. If you seek out the market, which is on the bottom floor, kind of towards the back, um, at the far end of that, there is a little food section, and in that food section, it's absolutely fantastic, the Arndale Micro Bar, which is great. Um, five people and it's full, but there are some tables outside as well. Uh, and they've always got fantastic range of beers um, on cask, on keg, and then loads and loads of bottles as well. So if you do want to craft a little drink before you set off from Manchester, would definitely recommend that, Nick. And I, I know we... That, we well, that's that's how we normally do it. We, we, we take our other hours into the shopping centre and let yeah. them mooch around the shops for half an hour. And we say... We're just going to go and see what the produce is in the in the veg market, and also <laughs> that's where all the uh, food stalls are as well. Yeah. Uh, really diverse range, even Asian cuisine. Uh, Street—they're almost like street market stalls, but it's inside. Yeah. Uh, Caribbean, um, so you can get something to eat there as well. So we often say, "Oh, we're just going to go and grab something to eat while you look in wherever you want to be looking in," and instead we grab a couple of. Cheeky beers, aren't we? So it's a great little secret. Again, it's worth, definitely worth uh, checking out if you're in Manchester. And I say it's literally five minutes from the back door of Victoria Station. So a great place if you want to meet maybe uh, beforehand. Um, again, I think they do thirds and, and two thirds and halves. So again, you could maybe sample a couple of beers um, just to kind of slightly get warmed up. Uh, and then similarly, at the other end of that, the one that we tend to use by the station, there is a Weatherspoons on Leeds Station. But, but if you look, kind of come up the station, look down, there is the very famous Scarborough Taps or the Scarborough, and it's got to get spelling right. It's not Scarborough as in the town. It's named after the first landlord, so it hasn't got uh, another couple of O's in it. The Scarborough Hotel, what everybody in Leeds calls Scarborough Taps. That's a Nicholson's pub, but again, I think Nick, it's one of their better Nicholson's pubs, and it's, we, we've certainly spent quite a lot of time in there, don't we? On that left-hand side as you go in the bar. Yeah, it's it's more utility. It does get very busy with people getting on off the trains. Also, maybe avoid it on days that the football, yeah. uh, this football on, certainly on a Saturday, because you get away fans straight out the station who don't get on the double-decker buses that they should do. Yeah. And then, obviously, you get Leeds fans collecting there before they head out to Ellen Road. Uh, but, in fact, I mean, within that area, straight opposite the station, you've got two or three. I mean, Leeds Brewery have a bar there. You've got another real ale bar there as well that I've not been in. Uh, but you've got two or three yeah. within that vicinity. And then within a 10-minute walk of the station... You've got lots, but we'll be we'll be talking about that next week, I think, yeah. aren't we? So we uh, we've we've got our ticket. We've had a quick uh, a quick a quick live net in the uh, Arndale micro bar. We've got on the uh, northern train to Huddersfield, and about ten minutes in, Nick, I'm going to set the scene for you. We slowly come to a crunch on platform four. We managed to get out of the door, um, and in front of us there is a big blue clock from from Whitchurch, which is not far from me down here in the Midlands. Um, there's a lovely white 
I don't know if you call that, is it crannulated, the lovely kind of awning around the platform, some very old wrought iron, um, ironworks, lamps, etc. cetera. Uh, and then we hear this, this kind of this dull murmur and we walk into this room full of railway memorabilia and glinting gutters is a range of fantastic... Railway Arnia. Golden handbooks. Uh, so where are we, Nicholas? At Sterley Bridge. Hey, at the original <laughs> buffet bar, which, again, you know, we were... Uh, well, in 1986, we were in there, because I've got it in my good beer guide. So mm. I, I think it's... I think it is one of those pubs that you have you have to go. I think it's... You know, if, you, if, you, if you've never been, you've got to plan a visit to go there for lots of reasons, if you're a railway, a railway buff, it's worth going to see. Uh, it's very big. Yeah, well, it's, it's not a pub, is it? It's, yeah, it's, well, it's a refreshment, refreshment room. room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it sells beer. And it, sell, and and it sells really good beer, yeah. And it's got a proper bar, so, yeah. yeah. So, pretty good. Um, loads of railway memorabilia in there as well, but it's got a great bar and does great coffees and wines. Um, it's got a great, a, quite, quite a range of food as well. Some really, really interesting food, as well as some very old traditionals. And we've already mentioned things like black peas and um, and and hot vimptos, which were I don't know why, but we, I think it's probably Bruce's um, <laughs> persuasion. I always remember walking out of there with a, a steaming hot cup of black peas and a hot vimto in either hand, and then trying to press the button to get on the train, which was was always good. No, fun. I, I, I think we we wedged one in the door because somebody <laughs> was a bit slow in getting on the train, mm. and once again, because it's not a main station, they don't if the trains do stop there, they don't stop long at all, yeah. and we were uh, afraid that we were going to get separated. So I think we used a pot of black peas to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's probably the best thing for a pot of black peas, actually. As we mentioned last uh, week, uh, obviously we talked about the Bridlington Buffet Bar, which was a quite a similar one, and I think a similar kind of history. Um, mm. I think this actually still is older, because I think it was 18, late 1800s when it was first built. And apparently it run pretty much um, non-stop throughout the, you know, most of the 20th century. Um, I think when we were first going there, it was owned by the Redfern family. Um, and I think... Dorothy was the lady, the old lady ran it and then her son ran it. And I can certainly remember, um, certainly the when we first went in there, the old lady um, kind of had to sit in the corner. And I, I always remember the barmaids were always really funny in there. I think it was one called Wendy when we were in, because she always said she, she hated beer. She couldn't drink it. So you'd say, what's good? And she said, I don't bloody know, because I don't bloody drink it. I, I hate the stuff. Uh, but always a great welcome in there. Um, it did. I think it was under threat of closing um, in the 80s, 90s. Uh, and I think, again, as we mentioned a few times, there was a, a 15,000 signs um, petition to keep it open, uh, and they managed that. Uh, I think then another couple took it over in the 90s, uh, and then finally they retired, and then the Beer House Group, or Beer Houses Group, uh, they took it over in 2013. And, um, and again, not only have this one, but have the West Riding and some other fantastic pubs that are all along this line. Um, so again, worth, worth definitely worth visiting their 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 pub network. So yeah, um, I think I'll. Well, we can't really say too much about it because it's a fantastic place. Just reading a couple of um, reviews and things. Uh, these two stuck out for me. Very simple. A magnificent place to sit and drink beer, and I think that's a fairly great summer, is it, Nick? Of this. And the other one was a place that is loved, and I think we'd agree with that. It's it's a must visit. It's a fantastic place. To drink beer, to talk to each other, to listen to uh, conversations, to 
sit and watch trains go by the windows. And, and yeah, well, and, what's and the cost? It's great or... the train literally is what eight yards away from the door, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. this Wait, platform so flow when the train yeah. tends to use. So it's, yeah. it's really, really good. Yeah, so really, really good. That's why it's best doing it west to east, actually, because that's that's the platform that you get off and on on that. If you yeah, do it the no. other way, then you've got to cross over the bridge or yeah. the underpass, whichever now, it is. I, I've got a feeling we, we may well have been that way in the 96, 97 era when it may have been shut. And I, I definitely remember being a couple of times when we haven't been able to go there because it maybe it was shut. And we did have a look around for some other pubs in, in Staley Bridge. And again, you know, a nice little town, little industrial town. And, and these two, Nick, are worth these the two of the pubs in Staley Bridge worth ticking off. Yeah, I mean, it was a, a bit of a journey, obviously, certainly from Moulton. So rather than just basically getting off the train and, and going into the, the buffet, we said, well, we should have a walk into, into the town itself. So, yeah, it's, it's going back a long way. And, you know, we were chatting before. Sterling Bridge has currently got the claim to fame that it has the shortest and the longest uh, pub names in the UK. <laughs> now, the longest pub name, the old 13th Cheshire... Ashley Volunteers Rifle Car in. That, I think, isn't the original pub that That's we did right, used yeah. to go in um, because that pub closed and I think they asked for permission to use the name and they were That's given right. it. So yeah. the name that you see, if you're on the YouTube channel, the name that you see on that pub there, that wasn't the original pub, but it was nice to be able to keep the name on. And then I assume the guys and girls who, uh, who were on the queue bar did it simply because they thought, well, we can't beat the longest name in the town. Let's go <laughs> with the shortest name. Yeah. Um, so Q uh, is the other pub, which is supposedly the shortest pub name in the country. I know there is a pub called Pi, P-I, uh, and that's in Liscard over in Merseyside. Now, officially, there doesn't have anything on the end of it, like Tavern or Inn, so there is just purely Pi. The Q is called the Q in. So yeah. does that mean <laughs> that's that four letters? So <laughs> yeah. just pie and get the get the title because that's two <laughs> letters. Anyway, so yeah, you've got the shortest and the longest pub names uh, in the country. But as I say, we haven't been in either of those for quite a while because the last couple of times we have done this route because we've got off everywhere else. We haven't had time to walk yeah, into we town. Uh, we've just literally gone to the... Uh, the station buffet and then then carried on our. And our I, th- I remember the I remember the rifle that it shortened to that used to be on top of the hill because I remember walking up to it from the station, uh, and like you said, I think that closed again early two thousand. So, but worth if, if you get, if you've got a bit more time, worth checking out. Hyde's again is a great Manchester brewery, uh, and probably will you definitely get a pint of mild in in, uh, in your Hyde's pub. Um, they, 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 out, we don't know whether they they own the uh, the queue or whether they that's the beer. Yeah, they, they have they, quite they a few pubs. I think they have eighty pubs in total Hyde. I think fifty oh, so they probably own the Hyde's pub. Then, yeah. So may, may well be. Yeah. So you get back on the train uh, from Sterley Bridge, and then you go through a long tunnel, which is the Stanage Tunnel, which again is quite famous, probably more famous for the canal, isn't it? Because the canal is it one of the longest, uh, maybe not the longest one, but it's one of the longer tunnels. On the canal. That's that's there. also is that's is that the narrow canal there as well. It's the Huddersfield right. narrow canal, yeah. Which yeah, it'd be like follows the railway, doesn't it? Which makes it a lovely scenic trip yeah. there as well. Yeah. Um, again, there are apparently four actual Stanage tunnels, um, and that normal tale. Lots, you know, unfortunately, many people mm. were killed digging them out because it must have been a hell of a job. You know that kind of yeah. pen, pennine gritstone digging through it. Um, Mainly the Irish lads, the Irish navvies. I think there were three rail tunnels. Um, and uh, one canal tunnel. I think the rail tunnels are still all you or usable, 
because I know they were talking about when they electrified the line, they might have to do something about it. Um, but it's the main tunnel that they use now that I think is a two-way one. Um, and almost as you come out, well, almost straight away, you come out of the tunnel and you're in the town of, or the village of Marsden, which again yeah. is often the, one of the big first stops. And so therefore can be quite busy, um, certainly when you come from Manchester end as well. Um, I'll just, again, I'll, I've got a picture there of uh, Marsden's famous son, which is the poet laureate, uh, our current poet, like Simon Armitage, who has written um, lots of poems, but actually some quite good books. And um, I think Simon likes a pint and certainly the one I've got on there, All Points North, and looks yep. at the northern culture and pubs are in there as well. And I understand he's sat there with Guy Garvey, who is out of the band Elbow, and they're sat in a pub in uh, Salford, I think. I did write down what that pub was. Um, the Eagle Inn, apparently, and they're having a pint outside the Eagle Inn. So I think two chaps. Actually, there's quite a nice podcast that Simon Albert's been doing in his shed, and I know he does an interview with Guy, Guy Garvey, which is quite interesting, really, as well. So, Nick, do you want to talk us through the two, the two pubs that we probably would always use in Marsden? I know there are more, but our two choices... Yeah, well, the Riverside Tap is is the obvious one. Uh, you walk down into the town and then cross over the river. It's a river, River Colne, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so that's that's the one that's always been uh, a brew pub, uh, or they've always had real ale in there. I mean, certainly when we were going there, they had their own brewery in there. Now, I believe it's owned by Osset Brewery now, yeah. but I think they are still brewing there and they're not calling it Osset yeah, Brewery. Right. Yeah. It's like a little subsidiary, a bit yeah. like I think uh, Osset have Rat Brewery as well. Yeah. Um, so if you go in a lot of Osset pubs, you'll see White Rat and things like that. I think they um, are, I think, because when we first went there, it was the Riverhead Brewery. Yeah. And I think they, they use that name still. Uh, and I, but I think you can't get those beers many of the places. I think they do do the beers, some, the Riverhead beers do go out sometimes to festivals. But I think if I remember right, last time we were, there's a row of Osset um, pumps and then there's a row of Riverhead pumps as well. And therefore it's yeah. great because you can try a few different beers um, from, I mean, we like Osset beers, but yeah. we like to try some of those as well, don't we? It's, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of, uh, if I recall, it's, 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 it's a utility pub again. Uh, it's, it's one main room. Um, it's comfortable, but it's, it's wooden floorboards, uh, not a lot of soft furnishings. But the nice thing about it, they've sort of occupied opposite the pub towards where the river is. They occupy the pavement there. Uh, I assume they're allowed to do it because obviously they've got their uh, tables out there. Yeah. And certainly thinking about lockdown lifting in April, I think, you know, pubs with outside spaces and gardens are going to be, uh, you know, important. In the fact, premium. we might do yeah. a we might do a podcast about that, Mike. Sort yeah. of our recommendations and pubs that we know have got some good outdoor areas. And yeah. I, I just hope that, you know, the local authorities, the licensing officers, the police are going to use a bit of common sense and, and, and be a little bit lenient. Yeah. You know, as long as landlords and, and pub managers aren't blocking rights of way, they aren't blocking pavements. You know, even Boris himself talked about this, this pavement culture, you know, like they do in Europe, where you can basically occupy market squares with tables and chairs. You yeah. know, as long as people don't do daft. I mean, that's the only way some of these pubs are going to be able to make a living, you know. Yeah, uh, I, I, mentioned, uh, I mentioned where I live in Newcastle Lime. You know, it's great there. We've got two local breweries, Limestone and, and uh, Wheel Wheel Ales, and they have um, a little, a, a very small bar for Wheel Ale and, and tight, uh, sorry, Limestone, a slightly bigger pub. 
and they they share a little kind of back road be- between the high street and the the kind of this next street along and that's been that was great because they shut that down the council allowed them to shut it down yeah you say tables out there's an italian restaurant in there as well which was great and yeah. of course we did say that george orwell is 10 things of the great you know the moon underwater pub had a beer garden so that's important. yes now the yeah. railway i think people sometimes walk past that because it literally is isn't it i bet you can see on the picture there the railway yeah. station is literally next door to it um but we've always had, i've i've probably spent more time in the railway than and then probably in the in the riverhead um we've always really enjoyed it in the railway the last time i remember the railway in fact is not with yourselves bruce and uh, a couple of other friends were out of that way and uh, Bruce, obviously, his background is racehorses, not directly, but his dad was a, a head lad and, and, and race course trainer, uh, racehorse trainer for a while. Uh, Bruce isn't a big gambler, but, you know, you would think that somebody in the business, in the know, and at that time I used to play fruit machines. And I remember that uh, it, it was a Saturday. So I said, right, Bruce, I said, you put a pound on a horse, I'll have a pound in the fruit machine. And I dropped 20 quid and his horse came nowhere. So... <laughs> It was nice to supplement the beer fund because that's something we always do. We always put 20 quid in the kitty, start of the day. And then even if you forget who's round it is, whoever's holding the kitty, they're just buying the beers anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's the last time I was in the railway. So, yeah, it literally is just across the road from the station. Yeah. Now, on the picture there, it says it's a Burtonwood pub. I don't think it is these days. Uh, but it's quite a nice pub, quite a traditional pub. Um, and again, because the river, the riverhead can get pretty busy, can't it? It, it does attract, I think with the breweries especially, um, it does attract people. So definitely worth um, having a look in railway or having a pint in riverhead while back to the railway. And then you can almost keep an eye out for the train. Uh, and if you're good, you can leg it across. And, and well, that's, that's the thing. You, you, as long as you're not running to too close an itinerary. Yeah. All these little towns and villages are pretty close together. Yeah. And yeah. the fact that, I mean, you're not going to do every stop and you're not going to do every pub that we're recommending. Yeah. So you've got a little bit of flexibility, yeah. you know, literally if you get off the train there, hang on, that pub's full, this pub's pretty busy, well, we'll only have one, we'll hang around. You can get back on the train depending on the rail service you're using. You're back on the yeah. train in half an hour yeah. and heading down to the next stop, so I think. Yeah. And then you get back on the train, and then I think our probably next stop would be straight to Huddersfield. Uh, and again, we could probably do another whole day on Huddersfield. But uh, again, a bit of the culture, first of all, you can come out of the station and get your picture taken with Harold Wilson, who's probably their most famous son. Uh, uh, also on, on, that square, on that square as you come out of the railway, which again is one of those... Um, Greco, whatever they are, romantic, you know, huge pillared station. Uh, there is the George Hotel, which again, rugby aficionados may well know that that was the birthplace of a rugby league uh, back in 1895 when the Northern Union clubs uh, met in the uh, the dining room of the George Hotel and came up with the idea of breaking away from the Southern Rugby Football Union and forming uh, the world's greatest sport, which is rugby league. So again, it's worth. There is a bar in there. We've had a couple of drinks in there. It's it's quite a nice, very kind of Georgian hotel. Um, there's a nice blue plaque, and I put a picture there. You can take and get your picture with the blue plaque. Um, the, you're spoiled for choice, really, aren't you in the station? Because you've got two pretty cracking boozers. Uh, you've got the uh, King's Head on what I think on one side, and then on the other side, you've got the the Head of Steam. So yep. you are spoiled for choice, really. Probably worth jumping across, having a beer in each. They've both got their merits. They've both got maybe some downsides. Um, but I think, again, uh, I think we've tended to pick for one. And I think it may be one then where you just toss a coin as you're getting in the station and say, where are we going this time? Are we going the 
Kings are we going to the head of steam? So I think both are pretty much going. But then they, I think we always have tried to walk. I mean, Huddersfield's a nice little, it's a beautiful town or city, I guess it is now. Again, typical heritage kind of place. Um, we certainly have used the Rat and Ratchet quite a lot, which is an Osset pub. And as you mentioned, there's a microbrewery attached to it as well uh, and do some beers there. And I guess, is that where some of the rat beers come with Osset? Because they have quite a few rat beers, don't they? It's kind of in their main... Yeah, rat, the, the rat brewery. So once again, I'm not sure where, they, where they're brewing that, whether they're actually brewing it in there. But yeah, rat brewery is, 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 a, is a branch of the Osset brewery. And then you mentioned the, uh, the Grove in Huddersfield. The Grove. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's one that is, is becoming more and more on the real ill um, um, route, as it were. Not too far from the station. And I mean, they boast a phenomenal range of beers. They've got up to 18 hand pumps and up to 20 keg lines as well. Uh, quite an unusual, unique place. Uh, they've, they've got uh, some unique decor inside from um, paintings and pictures to some large-scale taxidermy. Uh, think um, moose heads and um, wildebeest <laughs> heads sticking out of the walls. Um, but yeah, a cracking range of beers, and I say not a bad little stumble from the station itself. So the Grove uh, is is the other one that's worth worth having worth a walk out for. Well. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's quite a nice place to get out. Uh, again, if you you know you you walk past a few shops, but again, if you wanted to, you could just stay pretty much on the station. And, and not go much further. And, yeah, the last, and in fact, the last up. time I went, I went there, not on the train. They had a little food festival going on, and there right. was a there was a real ale. I can't remember who it was now, but the real ale guy there. He had a couple of pumps on, uh, very busy. Uh, and it's typical mill town again. The yeah, fact that yeah. you know sometimes you know people sort of walk with their heads down. Yeah. Certainly, I find this in Bradford that yeah. you know when when the the, the 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 town planners came in the 1950s and 1960s sometimes after damage that was done during the war it became a concrete jungle yeah but if you walk around we head up you know whilst the bottom story might be concreted and facaded now with with plywood and gondos whatever else you know the majority of the buildings are still lovely architectural buildings I mean you, anybody wants to get on uh, watching us on YouTube you'll see some of the the, the palisade in the column buildings there. Um, you know, this was the, the mill owners were, were, were rich people. You know, they, they were expecting their products all around the world, and certainly British woolen products were were, were sought out all around the world. So yeah. the, the, they were making a lot of money, and, and therefore, you know, the, the, they had houses and townhouses and businesses built uh, built as a state symbol, really. Yeah, and that square as you come out the stage is, is quite impressive, isn't it? And yeah, they've yeah. done it really nicely. Well, that was just off. That's where they had the food festival. Yeah, uh, just off, yeah. and then down onto the main high street. Yeah. yeah. So uh, again, quickly, well, I'll just mention the head of steam. We've we've talked about it a few times before, and I know Nick, you talked about uh, there are Cameron's um, subsection now, and again, yeah. I, think, yeah. I think we mentioned, you know, they're a growing brand. They are doing some fantastic work in again some of those heritage buildings. We've mentioned the uh, Sheffield Tap. Um, yeah, that one. That uh, well, in fact, the, the head of steam in Sheffield itself is just up from the Crucible. And the only time we used to head to that street was because the Brown Bear was there. And anybody knows Sheffield, the Brown Bear is a Sam Smith pub again. Yeah, um, it's quite amusing reading, reading the TripAdvisor reviews. People who don't uh, appreciate why they don't allow mobile phones and cameras and things in Sam Smith pubs. Anyway, so last time me and Bruce were in Sheffield, walked through to the Brown Bear, and all of a sudden there we saw the head of steam in front of us. Yeah. And I have to say, out of all the pubs that we've been in. He was the only young guy behind the bar, but he was the most knowledgeable guy I've spoken to in a hell of a long time yeah. about beer and, and, and drink yeah. because yeah. we were all having one in there and they have a lot of craft on in there and a lot of hand pumps. 
I sort of actually asked for his recommendation and I spotted one. And he says, no, actually, he says, you don't want that one. That one's going to cost you like 5.50 a pint. Yeah. He says, this one's very similar. This one's actually cheaper and it's actually better. Yeah. And, you know, for, a, for, for somebody behind the bar to, to basically tell you that, to do himself out of a, an expensive sale, I said, fair play to you, mate. Yeah. Um, so definitely, definitely be heading back in there, going to Sheffield. But yeah, um, if you go on Cameron's website, in fact, they're actually being very proactive and they're yeah. asking people to actually nominate. Uh, they've sort of produced a list of the towns and cities in the country where they want to establish heads yeah. of steam. Yeah. Yeah. And they're actually pe- asking people, a bit like Tim Martin does sometimes, saying, look, you know, if you are aware of a property in your town, for York example, yeah. uh, that's got this criteria, please let us yeah. know. Yeah. And we'll we'll look at it. So they're quite so. trendy out there, and they quite. I mean, they spend a lot on the fittings and fixtures are very nice, and I guess they're a bit more uh, less traditional. I mean, I think they meant. I mean, it's yeah, really you, nice, more like a beer. I would say it's more like a, a beer beer hall than yeah, a traditional yeah, pub. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they always tend to be quite noisy because there isn't a lot of soft furnishings, and so yeah. noise echoes around. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. that's not a bad thing. Sometimes when they're pretty busy, it can be a bad thing because you can hardly hear yourself so talk. I think if you Huddersfield, I think if you want a more traditional pub on the station, probably that's the Kings. And if you want yeah. a slightly more different, like you say, Beery Hall uh, with some soft fittings, then it might be the Head of Steam. And again, I just noticed on their website now they're looking at these Head of Steam hubs, which I think are more kind of smaller cafe bar, which again, quite a lot mm. of breweries and all Titanic in my area are doing those, the bods, which are really, really great as well. Um, and also, we've mentioned Cameron's quite a lot. Obviously, Moulton, where we get the name Malt Travel from, uh, was one of the far flung. Uh, brewery distribution centers for uh, so we grew up with Cameron's very much as our kind of our local brewery. So anyway, we we need to move on. We've got a lot of pubs to get through, so we jump back on the train, and the next possible stop is Murfield. And now then, Riverside. Yeah, I like what. So the navigation That's for you. Now then, the navigation is certainly a pub that we've been to, and, and I think it's had a, a recent refurb. Um, and they're a Thiessen's Ambassador pub which, again, is you don't often find that. And therefore, again, if you want to go in a pub that's got the whole range, of, you know, not just one of the things in beer, uh, a bitter or a, or peculiar, but actually the full range, great pub to kind of go into and maybe have, a, again, have one of those flights, have a, have a, a sample of a couple of different beers, uh, which you don't often get to do, really. And then, Nick, another waterside pub, you reckon in Mayf- Mayfield? Yeah, the Flower Pot. Uh, once again, it's not too far from the station, but it's over the other side of the river again. So this time, uh, once again, it's got an outdoor drinking area, which is why I sort of identified this one. Ossip Pub again, uh, more comfortable, more traditional inside than probably the Riverside Tap uh, in, in Marsden. Um, but this one's got, once again, it's got a beer garden. It's got an outside drinking area that overlooks the uh, the River Calder. Yeah. Um, so that could be one to, to look out for, you know, April onwards. Yeah. I think, to be honest, we probably is Mirfield's one of those places that we sometimes stop and op- often don't. Mm. And yeah. I think that's one of the things you've got to work out for yourself, really. Uh, it can be a bit quieter because I think quite a lot of people probably do that. Um, so it might be worth getting out. Again, it, certainly it's a nice day. It, it's not a long walk. Again, five, ten minutes maximum to either of those two pubs. Yeah. And I say the navigation's by the canal, um, the uh, the flower pots by the river. So again, they're quite a nice sit out. It's a nice day, isn't it? Have a beer and um, and sit there as well. Now, we have missed out Slaithwaite, haven't we? I've just remembered that, again, I think I, in my note, we said we'd, we'd zip past Slawit, yeah. as, as they say locally. A fantastic, uh, you don't really see it from the train, do you? But there's a fantastic um, uh, aqueduct, not aqueduct, that's a what, 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 viaduct, 
that the train actually travels yeah. through. And if you remember, what was that program that used to be on the telly that was based there? Um, Where the Heart Is. Remember that Sarah Lancashire people were in there. Oh, Sarah that. Lancashire. It was like a local yeah. GP practice, wasn't it? And yeah. that was the running shot was the, the northern train going across that fantastic railway. Um, and again, um, I think I've got a couple of pubs that I'll put on the pub list um, if you do want to spend some time. I bet she likes a pint, you know. Slow it, you reckon? Sarah Lancashire. Lancashire lash, isn't she? Yeah. Um, no, so we've we've got to we we can't not stop in Dewsbury. Um, although I think uh, although I think there are some really good beer houses pub now. Um, we probably wouldn't go much further than the West Riding uh, refreshment rooms. Uh, again, I think another one of those really you've got to go at least once just to just to say you've been. Uh, great. Uh, great place always a real good hub a good a good murmur as i like to talk about uh 26 years plus i think in a good beer guide now so they're getting something right and i don't think many people would, would complain with that and as we mentioned they now are part of the group that owns the staley bridge uh original buffet bar as well yeah. uh and they have uh, they've got a range of what look like cracking pubs now um i think the sportsman another pub that's not not far from uh, west riding and, and develop really, and again, it's a fantastic story. In fact, if you go on the beer houses uh, web pages, there, there was a um, fantastic uh, background blog about the guy that set all this up. Um, and you know, we really was probably again, as we keep saying, way ahead of, of, of his time. Saw the potential in this place when it was literally a rundown, old-fashioned British Rail refreshment room. Had a bit of a, you know, had the, had that that drive to get it done. Uh, apparently the, one of the big things was actually he went on a camera trip. He was really struggling to find a brewery because he managed to get some money together. Managed, I think the co-op bank said they would come in um, and, and support this, but he needed a brewery. And Tetley's and Courage didn't really want to know or wanted too much money back. And apparently he went on a trip to Bateman's Brewery, which we've been to, Nick. A fantastic, again, very traditional place. A bit that of, was a long way, wasn't it? A bit of way to get there, but we stopped going. in Nottingham, yeah. knowing it was in Lincolnshire. Yeah. But God, it was like something Rare to do far into the earth. Anyway, he went for yeah. a weekend trip with the, with the local camera branch, got talking to um, uh, one of the Bateman families. And, and with that, the guy apparently turned up in Dewsbury two days after and said, right, let's get on with it. And so Bateman's actually were the first pub, that the brewery that got involved and supported it, I think only for a couple of years, and then and then wanting to go back and, and focus on that that Easter, you know, east eastern side. But uh, but but a star was born, um, mm. and I think some of those um, uh, superlatives that we use for the uh, uh, Stanley Bridge Bar, you could use with West Riding as well. Um, mm. Again, always a fantastic range of beers, really good bar staff who know it will direct you, will help you. Uh, again, you're more than happy to have a. Uh, uh, samples and I noticed on their website it just say look you know we'll never refuse you bringing a beer back so I'm not quite sure about this which, which we said the other week that's that's a great sign isn't it of a, of a good uh, yeah good yeah and a good don't quibble. yeah yeah so I hope we still have Bateman's on actually yeah Wayne Fleet Bateman's Brewery yeah yeah, yeah. and the XXBs and all their beers uh, yeah they've always been fiercely independent of Bateman's I like I like Bateman's as a brewery but then they always yeah. kind of, I always kind of come across them whenever I go, well, I've not been for a while, but when I go to Aldi, they do their, they sometimes do like the autumn special. and Yeah, they started, once there, again, they were ahead of the game, really. They started yeah. doing like seasonal specials, a bit like Jennings started to do. Yeah. Um, but I mean, they, obviously they've got a, they've got a pub in York, uh, Cutch and Horses. Mm. That's uh, not a bad pub in York, should probably cover some of the time. But no, yeah, I, I like Bateman's. Yeah. yeah. 
And the Anglo Dutch Brewery, which again is another, another story there. Again, if you look on the website, um, which they kind of they kind of uh, part with as well. Um, and so you can get some of their their beers on the in the beer house pub range as well. I think the only problem is it's so busy. It get it does get busy. Um, I think the last time I was there, you couldn't get a seat, so you have to stand, which is fine. Um, but it's a really popular place. Again, as always, go there early if you can. Um, again, maybe coming out of Leeds the other way, then probably your first stop um, should be the West Rand. But again, please, if you haven't been, go. Um, and you know what? Why not spend? I've always wanted to spend a bit more time there. Uh, and let's cut, cut, you know, let's stop rushing around the <laughs> the other bits and just spend a few more hours there, really. So um, I think maybe that that's something I'd like to maybe maybe when I retire, that's what I'd like to do is mm-hmm. maybe, you know, as we said, find a travel lodge or something in the, in Dewsbury. Just go and spend a really good session in there and really get into some of those beers and um, and and just yeah, just sit there and soak it all in, really, which I think would be pretty good. Um, railway pubs, there are, you know, there are a lot, and again, we could probably spend a whole other series um, looking at railway pubs. And uh, as we've said, we certainly use them a lot. Um, Pete Brown in the pub book, which I mentioned the other week. Uh, again, if you if you want to, you know, wanna, you want a, a quick, uh, easy guide to finding some of these fantastic pubs. He talks about the parcel yard at, at Kings Cross, Nick. You mentioned that a couple of episodes ago, which is a big full, yeah. isn't it? Again, a bit God, of a, a hidden gem, isn't it? Because many people don't really, I don't, I don't think it's there. They don't. Although last time I went, it was just before lockdown, I couldn't find a seat. But it's yeah, fantastic use of an old building. They've kept it as it was, you know, all the old wood and even you know some of the old parcel barrows there and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, so ideal. They've got the departures board actually in the pub there, so you can leave it till the last two minutes before you actually go down to the station because yeah. King's Cross Station, like a lot of those big stations, aren't the nicest of places yeah, to be hanging yeah. around, especially the trains yeah. are delayed. Yeah. So all it's almost a case of, oh, your train's been delayed by half an hour. Hey, let's get another beer in. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, brilliant. Bit more expensive, a eh? beer's expensive in London yeah. anyway. So, but yeah. certainly anybody coming out of King's Cross heading north, uh, look for the parcel yard. It's yeah. in the it's in the far left-hand side. You've got to go up the escalator uh, where all the idiots are queuing to run against the wall, Harry Potter's shop and all that sort of stuff. Go past those idiots and then go up the escalator, go up the stairs, and that's where the uh, that's where the parcel yard is. And then, Tim, we we mentioned the use and tap again. Uh, it's quite a weird set. It's, it's very that's cool. that's yours because obviously that's yeah, you, very you strange. Um, Houston to Staffordshire, don't you? Almost West, kind West of Coast gatehouses line. which sit outside Euston Station on that bit of grass there. And it's oh, were, were they like ventilation of, tunnels once upon I think, a time? I think that's probably what they were. Yeah. Um, again, it's quite a small place. You'd be hard to get a seat, although there is a quite a nice little sitting area outside. Actually, uh, lots of craft beers, mainly craft beers rather than, than cask. Uh, and the really downstairs bit as well. You, we mentioned the York and Sheffield taps. We've probably got to mention the calm for the refreshment rooms over there on the northwest coast, which isn't that one that's famous for um, uh, whatever it's called. Is it, no, what's it? Briefing cat, not briefing cat. Briefing cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that the film where they meet yes. on the. Yes. And that's again yeah. in a similar theme to Staley Bridge and and, and West Riding. Yeah. I just put some of mine in there, and again, some of these are more local to me. Uh, the Mitre in at Nesbury, Nick. We we like it in there. Which is yep. not technically on the railway, but is is it is on the railway, isn't it? Because you walk yeah, on yeah. the railway platform, yeah. And that's a great little pub. Um, yep. Again, really good beers in there. Bare floorboards, oh. couple of sort of areas, open open plan, but 
too I didn't mention that. Either I think Nairsby might be one of those places that head of steam are thinking about because I think there's talk of a tap or a head of steam maybe on Nairsby station. Nairsby is good for a mini crawl, but you've got to make sure all the pubs are open. So last yeah. time me and Bruce went there, unfortunately, two of the pubs that we were aiming for because my day off normally is either a Monday or Tuesday and early on the week, which is understandable. Yeah. Neither of them were open. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah weekend be fine again. But, you know, if you get there on a Thursday or Friday, there's a cracking, once again, Sam Smith's commercial hotel. Huge cavernous place, uh, wooden panelling in. Yeah, the, no, it's, it's, it's that, that's uh, the main mass, one. Yeah, the, massive big there. fireplaces, which once again has been open. It's been closed. It's been open. It's closed. Yeah. Cross the weather spoons. The Weatherspoons, in fact, is not a bad little Weatherspoons there. Nice little sun trap and a little beer garden in the back there. So, yeah, Nairsbury is, is good for a little tour around. But I never remember shot. across the road from the Sam Smith, but it was a very, very nice shoe shop where, <laughs> if, if certainly if, like us, you've got um, <laughs> ladies who like to shop. It's a great place. Yeah. They'll spend hours in there and then you, mm. we can sample more Sam Smith beers. Um, I've got the black line there at Constable Forge. I don't know if you've been there, Nick. It's, it's one of those pubs no. in the middle of nowhere and you literally. You can get there by steam train or by canal barge. Which where, where is Consul Forge? Uh, Consul Forge is deep in the Staffordshire Moorlands, down right. in between, uh, I guess, Cheadle and Leek. Um, no, they want to straight down pub. there. It's got, it, the, the, you'll know the pictures of it because there's always a steam train passing it and a canal boat. Uh, it's right. in the middle of nowhere. They've got their own brewery um, and it's a cracking place. And it's, again, as I mentioned before, Luckily, when we had a canal boat, it, you could sit in that pub when everybody else went and you could still be sat there because your your canal boat was, you know, down the bottom of the hill there. Um, the waiting room at Whitby, I mentioned, and that's fairly new. Um, uh, last time I was up in Yorkshire uh, on a little break holiday, I had a great, great couple of nights in there. Very small, four tables, but a great place. Great, great uh, landlady, land, uh, landlord running that. Um, lots of really nice beers. Again, beers that you can sample. Um, that was great. And then the other one, I think you have been there, Nick, the Ludlow Brewery Tap, which is the, it's actually housed in, um, the brewery's housed in an old railway, I guess, shunting yard or whatever, right next to the main station. And yeah. it's quite a modern brewery. Brewery, you know, you walk in, you can see all the brewing, um, an upstairs mezzanine, the bar downstairs, a really nice place. And again, the, their beers are, are really good and worth worth picking out. Yeah. And actually, I was reading I was reading a Roger Protz blog, blog the other day, and he mentioned this. I know I come across the unusual railway pubs and refreshment rooms and ale trains. And I had a quick look on Amazon. And again, theme now, three quid. I got a copy of this fantastic book by Bob Barton. Really recommend it. Fantastic. It's got, you know, everything we love about things. Unusual, as it <laughs> says on the title. Unusual railway pubs, refreshment rooms and ale trains. So Looks I'm good. going to read that. I'll pass it on yeah. to Nick when I've read finished reading yeah. it. But uh, so there lots of so, pictures in it. Yeah, lots, loads of pictures. Good. Yeah, so good. really, really good. Yeah. So I think we've just. Oh, about... hang on. Let me add one to that list. Harrogate oh. Tap. Oh yeah, we've got Harrogate Tap. Oh, we've got lovely. In New York, uh, leather, leather button couches and chairs. Yeah, right on the station again. Uh, owned by the same guys who have the York Tap and the Sheffield Tap, but Harrogate Tap definitely. Two places I normally go in Harrogate is there and the Weatherspoons, but the Weatherspoons is in the uh, the Winter Gardens. That is is a stunning building, and once again, it would have been left a rack and ruin if Tim Martin hadn't stepped in. Uh, but I say yeah, so there and uh, Harrogate Tap definitely recommend the Harrogate Tap if you're going into Harrogate. And just to kind of complete throw is the wrong way around as well. And although you and, you and Bruce have been mentioning this, that obviously um, that network from Leeds that goes west. Um, there are a couple of options you can take as well. 
Um, and there is the cold, sorry, I call this cold. We've been on the Colne Valley, haven't we, when we've been on? And the oh, Colne yeah. Valley line is a similar, yeah. but it's slightly higher up. So rather than going through Marsden and Huddersfield, it goes a little bit further north and goes from Victoria through Rochdale, uh, Todmorden, Hebden Bridge, Sowerby Bridge, Halifax. The Thalmon Ride. And then drops into Leeds that way. And I think if you're looking for an alternative, and a bit like me, you don't like lots of people, um, that would be an equally fantastic train journey as well, mm. or, or try it as, a, as an opposite. And then you've also mentioned that if you, at Todmorden, if you split, and you can go on to Burnley, uh, and then Blackburn, and then Preston, and do that route, which I know you guys have done a few times on your northern yeah. tickets. Black Horse in Preston, oh. and then on to Lancaster as well. We've yeah. In fact, we've even gone all... If you, if you work it right, you can do a day trip to Windermere, stopping off at Staveley, Oxhead Brewery in Staveley, modern building, but a cracking spot, yeah. uh, and then jump off a couple of times, coupling Kendall. So that is doable by Northern Rail as well. Um, Northern Rail used to do some uh, special £10 tickets or £20 for the weekend a um, couple of times a year in the local papers, and they were fantastic for that. Um, yeah. Whether that will continue once again now they don't have the franchise anymore, it's the government, whether they're going to be as generous. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, that yeah. that was a great deal, you know, tenor to go anywhere on the Northern Rail Network. Yeah, you have to do your own work beforehand. Um, but as I say, we literally went for a day trip all the way to Windermere and then came back via Skipton, uh, well, Settle, uh, Skipton, and came back that way, okay. back into Leeds. Okay, I think we're about there then. I think, obviously, we have kind of whistled through that, and I, I bet me says I don't we've done justice to it. Um, it yeah, is, we're it, about, about right time-wise, I think. It definitely we? is worth taking that trip. I think I probably wouldn't do it in August, if I'm being dead honest with you. If you could find a midweek day, maybe early spring yeah. or late autumn, when it'd be a little bit quieter. Wednesday or Thursday would be a good day. Yeah, we're just with that caveat, just check yeah. when the pubs are open or not. And obviously, well, Thursdays said, normally are, yeah. you know, back end yeah. of the week. Yeah. Fridays, you get a bit more commute of people traveling to and from, going home for the weekend, students yeah. as well. So that's why I'm saying Thursday is normally a, a good day, as it, as it landed. My days off tend to be Monday, yeah. Tuesday, yeah. Yeah. which has its advantages, but has its disadvantages as well with pubs being open. So, and as we said, there's so much choice both in Manchester and Leeds, either end. You could certainly put yourselves up in a hotel, you get a pretty good deal in Manchester or Leeds at the moment, or certainly in the summer, uh, and you know, so you don't have to rush too much and take your time. Um, I will put the pub list, um, and there's a, there's a couple of others that we probably didn't have time to do tonight, so I'll try and put that on there as well. Again, this is just our our thoughts, our reflections. If you, if you Again, if you're not sure, maybe have a look at these pubs. Again, as we said the other week in episode uh, three, um, you know, check out Untapped, check out what, What's Pub, see what they say about it as well. Um, and as we've always said, sometimes the best people are talk to people behind the bars when you when you visit. Where else should we go? We might we want to go to another pub in this town. Where should we go? So I'll put that on the uh, website for the weekend. Uh, that's podbean, podbean, uh, malttravail.com. Uh, as always, please, you can get us on Apple, uh, on Google, on Podbean Podcasts. Uh, please, if you would leave us a review, that'd be really good as well. As I mentioned, if you do want to maybe listen back or you want watches back, uh, if you head to our Malt Travail YouTube channel, uh, we put all these on there as well. And we've done a little presentation that we go through this and a picture of things there as well. Have a look at that. And then as I mentioned on Twitter, uh, where we, we're Malt Travail, but if you look for us as Malt uh, under lower dash ale and help you find us. 
So next week, marching on together, Leeds, Leeds, Leeds. Leeds, Leeds, City, Leeds. that is the beer capital, I think, of Yorkshire probably at the moment. So we'll start doing some uh, planning for that, and hopefully we will get back to you in uh, a week's time. So and hopefully Bruce will be back to give us his wisdom. I say I might do a quick catch-up uh, with Bruce. I might do a little kind of short podcast um, to see how he is and anything he wants. So I'm just going to listen to this and then... Uh, we'll get through as well. Nick, anything finally from you? Yeah, just uh, just going back to Sarah Lancaster. I reckon she does like a pint, you know, because if you remember, she used to serve Newton and Ridley's for many years <laughs> when she was behind the bar of the Rose Returners. What about Raquel, a pint, though? What about a pint? I wouldn't have a pint of Newton and Ridley's. Well, she was she was Raquel, wasn't she? I'm sure she tried everything. Now, I would have a pint of Ephraim Monk that used to have in the Emmerdale. Um... Well, they reckon, yeah, out of all the soaps, that was the only place that actually served real beer, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. On set. Uh, yeah, the uh, yeah the, the the wool pack. They had real yeah. real beer on the beer e- line. Abraham right? Monk's best bitter looked looked very nice. Frying, like wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Whereas all the other bars, the, the Queen Vic, uh, the Rose Return, and name all those ones, they reckon it was what uh, it's water with salt and colouring in it to make it give it head like. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, no, I'm sure that Raquel will would have would have liked to be here. Maybe That's somebody will, will tweet her for us. Right. See you, everybody. Stay safe. Uh, so the the pubs might be open in about six weeks. I understand. I think there's an actually there's an app somewhere which gives you a countdown. So everything's everything crossed. Okay, see you, buddy.